0: Hey, this is Dick DeGroat, Bill's dad, and you're now listening to the Wandering Buffalo podcast with your host, Andrew and Justin. Go Bills! What's up, Bills Mafia? I am your host, Andrew Chang, and you are now listening in to another episode of the Wandering Buffalo podcast. Justin cannot make it to today's episode because he's helping out his future brother-in-law with some work around the house. And, you know, he's filled in for me a couple of times, so it's time for me to return the favor. So you're stuck with me today, and today is Sunday, the 13th of March. Tomorrow is the 14th of March, which should be pretty obvious to you and the significance of tomorrow is the fact that it's tomorrow at 12 p.m. is the start of the legal tampering period and I'm using these air quotes around my camera and microphone here because although it's legal tampering period moves have already been made rumors have surfaced and stuff has already happened realistically and Yeah. So it's, I mean, it's technically not all solidified yet, but I mean, it's probably going to happen. For example, the, the big trades such as the Russell Wilson trade or the Cleo Mack trade, they've, they've agreed to terms, but it hasn't technically happened yet. So yeah, tomorrow at 12 o'clock, it should be official (laughs) so let me just recap some of the moves that have happened around the nfl and that will kind of set the stage to what my big point here and that's how the bills are positioning themselves really into the legal tampering period in the start of free agency really so I'm going to start with the first topic, which is one that I'm going to talk about the least about, which is the Deshaun Watson deals and trade offers, because I'm not going to go into that because it's hot fire and someone else can talk about that. So yeah, Deshaun Watson, people are trying to trade for him. That, that's been going on for like two years now. <laughs> Baker Mayfield, apparently he's been brought up and... Brought up in some trade offers, I guess that the Browns don't really believe in him maybe maybe not i i'm i maybe I'm a little wrong to say that, but if he's brought up into some trade rumors, it's safe to say at least for my opinion that they think that they could do better, and maybe he's not living up to the number one overall pick in that historic quarterback heavy draft maybe they should have taken a guy named josh allen but uh they didn't there were there were a couple mistakes made before josh allen as josh rosen would have put it <laughs> but it did not happen all right and i'm glad he fell to number seven to the bills so let's go all right moving on Amari Cooper, number one wide receiver for the Cowboys, got traded to the Browns. So we're already seeing some shift up in player key positions. Just get moved around. already highlighted the Russell Wilson trade. Khalil Mack got traded. And this is one that I really was interested in. I wasn't sure if he was actually going to get moved. But he does. He gets moved to the AFC West to the Chargers. And... Wow, that the AFC West has become a difficult, posi- difficult place to play in. You got, can you like just think about that D line? Khalil Mack, Joey Bosa, Chargers are definitely on the upswing. So, and oh, by the way, Russell Wilson just got traded to the Broncos. And there's rumors that Von Miller is going to go back to the Broncos. So that's going to be another interesting piece to the AFC West. But more importantly, to the AFC in general, the AFC, and this is not, I mean, all this is really old news, but this shouldn't come as a surprise, but the AFC has become a gauntlet to get to the championship game. If you're in the NFC, if you're a fan of an NFC team, you're probably liking your chances of maybe getting to the wild card spot, the playoffs ultimately, and then, you know, of course, your goal is to get to the championship game and then the Super Bowl. I think the pathway in the NFC is significantly easier than the pathway for all those quarterback-heavy teams in the AFC so yeah i um <laughs> I, it's just gonna be it's just gonna be that much harder for josh Allen and the bills to make their way up to the top but as we've seen over the past couple of years the bills what they made the playoffs four out of the five years so i'm hoping that's five out of the past six years under sean mcdermott so <laughs> let's let's hope that that trend continues happening i don't like Brandon Bean says, he doesn't want to make go all in and make one good push for it. He wants sustained success. And so far, we've seen like this steady increase towards that. And speaking of sus, uh, sustained success, I'm sorry, I'm having a hard time saying that word right now. <laughs> sustained. Sustained. Sustained success. We've already seen players get released around the league too. And players like Bobby Wagner, who can sign with any team right now and I know that Tremaine Edmonds is this really polarizing topic to talk about amongst Bills fans because some people love him some people hate him and I'm in the camp that we could do much worse than Tremaine Edmonds could we do better could he do better yeah everyone on this team could do better no one is living up to you know, no one's playing at like an exponentially superstar level unless your name is Josh Allen and, you know, Stefan Diggs. But those are those are rare things that really happen. That's why there's not a million superstars in the NFL. There's a handful of guys and then there's tiers underneath them. I think Jermaine Edmonds is still could possibly get to that tier, but He needs to put a lot of things together. He needs to stop over pursuing run gaps. He needs to not fall for eye manipulations from opposing quarterbacks and a slew of other things, but it's not a vacuum guys like other middle linebackers get fooled by the same things and the bills could do much worse. And the reason why I bring up Bobby Wagner and Tremaine Edmonds is that people are suggesting all right. Let's move on from Tremaine Edmonds and bring in Bobby Wagner, okay You could do that. you could do that, but I like there's a lot of things I like about Tremaine that are better than Bobby Wagner. One is that Tremaine is still very young. Bobby Wagner's getting up there in age and this and this second reason is my main important reason. I still think Tremaine Edmonds. Did better this year than last year. Bobby Wagner. Although he really was a key pivotal part in that legion of boom. And he he was like 99 in Madden. And he was just really good in general. For the past couple of years. These past two years. He hasn't. I'm not saying. I don't want to say he's been a shell of himself. Because that's not accurate. But he wasn't as good as he was like he 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 wasn't really hitting the mean he was a little below his personal mean or his average um to make sense so he he wasn't necessarily being that superstar middle linebacker that we've all known he could be not saying that that doesn't mean he wasn't playing well but i i kind of think that maybe he's starting to trend in the he's starting to go down the hill a little bit so the possibility that Tremaine can still go up the hill and Bobby Wagner going down the hill is enough for me to go like, right. I'd rather just put my eggs, personally, I'd rather keep my eggs in the opportunistic basket with Tremaine Edmonds because there's a lot to like about him. But if you agree or disagree with me, feel free to reach out to us. Let us know. I'm, I'm very curious on how you feel about Tremaine Edmonds and if you'd rather have Bobby Wagner in here instead. Plus the money's got to make sense, right? And I think Tremaine's is Tremaine's paying uh, playing under his fifth year option, which is uh, I think like all guaranteed and like over ten million dollars. I, I don't really know the numbers too well. I'm not I'm not a salary cap ep- expert. I'm just a podcaster. <laughs> all right, let's move on here. And that's yeah. So like I said, Bobby Wagner gets released. The, what do the Bills do? They're like, oh yeah, we need to clear up some cap space. So we get rid of john Feliciano and a j klein both both of those things needed to happen, and again, old news, but we're now we're we're officially under the cap, which is great because we were cap compliant, and there are other moves that can be made in order for us to make bigger moves. Moreover, there are some players around the league that want trades, such as and I'm not going to go into a long list here, but our own Cole Beasley, uh, the left tackle from uh, the Cowboys, Lel Collins. But these players want out, and I'm I'm just gonna mainly talk about Beasley here. And again, not new news here. We we know what 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 it is. I suspect that the Bills came up to him and was like, "Hey, can you take a play or pay cut?" And he was like, "No, just trade me instead." And then the Bills were like, "Okay, fine." If we can find someone, we'll we'll trade you. No worries. But uh, it doesn't look like anything has happened yet. And again, as of today, the thirteenth Sunday, the day before legal tampering period, um, nothing has really been leaked out in terms of rumors. So yeah, we don't we don't really know what Cole Beasley's fate is. And I think that's why Brandon Bean said like, "No door shut, no door shut." And at his end of year presser, he was like, "I would anticipate Cole Beasley being back." So Brandon Bean wants Cole Beasley back, but Cole Beasley wants to get paid. Like honestly, that he like he feels like he's deserved. I think he's gotten the same number of catches that he had last year as to two years ago. So like eighty something, pretty good. So I, I mean I get where he's coming from, but it's got to make sense for us at the same time. Moving on, there are players that got extended. And, you know, just to recap, multiple trades. You see Lelk, um, I'm sorry, Cleo Mack get traded. Russell Wilson get traded. Uh, The Bills part ways with AJ Klein. Bobby Wagner's out on the market. And what do the Bills do? They sign Jake (laughs) Kumro. They sign Jake Kumro to a year and then... This is, the, and I like it. I, I actually do like the Jake Kumerow extension because I love touchdown Jesus. Although he's not, he's probably not going to be a top four wide out of this team. And I'm not going to fall for the preseason hype of a wide receiver or a player. Cause that, I always fall for that. I don't know what it is, but I'm like, Oh, here he is. He's going to break out for us. They're going to pay off dividends. We're, we're going to, we can move on from other players. Like, no, it's not, that's not how it happens. We, we're going to fall into the same trap again. Hopefully that's not going to be it. But I do like Jake Kumaro for his contributions on special teams. So hopefully he can keep that up and stay healthy and just provide some good depth in this wide receiver room. Especially if someone like Cole Beasley walks. And the other move that the Bills made that I guess I was hoping that they did something different. I wanted them to cut this player which is Matt Hawk. Because he's not a good punter. Joe Marino literally has put out statistics that shows that he was the worst punter in the NFL. He He's just not good. So if the Bills aren't scoring, they're punting. Or, you know, I don't know, going for it on fourth down, which at this point, like... Why not? <laughs> I don't know. Like Matt Hawk is just not a good punter. He's an excellent holder, but geez, man, like I don't, I don't know what I know what the Bills were trying to do when they brought in Matt Hawk. They want, they wanted Tyler Bass to be a significantly better kicker. They, they want to keep Tyler Bass the same from last year this year which in he did take a huge jump from his rookie year to last year everyone wanted wanted tyler bass's head in his rookie year i remember that everyone was saying bass's ass bass sucks now now everyone's saying i love tyler bass ty ty kick some ass t bass or all this other stuff and that's mainly i mean we got to give some contribution to matt hawk here so if he comes back on a very, very minimum, minimum type deal, I, I under, I get it. Sides, it's a fair compromise. Although I, personally, I'd just rather have someone else that could probably kick the ball more consistently and catch a football and put it down for our kicker. But I guess that's a little harder out there in the free agency market. Not too much uh, other stuff here besides the rumors for the bills and we already know what these rumors are but this is so cool and i i kind of alluded to this when Neal got extended and our reasons to be optimistic going into next season and that the bills really have become a really hot destination for players and we don't have to overpay, and people want to come to us, and and it's clear with these rumors, and again, these are rumors, but it's like, what, what did J. Cole say about jokes? Like, all good jokes have a little truth to them, right? <laughs> and then, so, even though some of these rumors might not happen, there's probably a little bit of truth that Brandon Bean was l- poking around this uh, around this area to see how he could improve the Bills. And these are some pretty good names, and I'm not going to list everything here, but, like, and, again, some of this is old news to you, but, like, Evan Ingram has been tied as a really popular, popular name to the Bills. So that'd be cool. Another pass-catching tight end for uh, the Bills and solidifying some depth because Tommy Sweeney, I love his story, but he's... Not really sh- strong depth behind Dawson Knox. Rob Gronkowski. Say what you want to say about that play about Trey White. But, hey, he's a phenomenal blocker. And if he can bring any l- a, le- a little talent to this uh, Bills tight end room, then, I mean, why not? You know, if you're not even thinking about the whole Trey White thing, which I'm not going to talk about. Leonard Fournette. The Bills have apparently shown interest in picking him up in the offseason. McCaffrey trade rumors, which I do not personally want McCaffrey because I, I think he just gets hurt way too much. No, no thank you. Chandler Jones, Rochester native, went to Syracuse, played for New England, then for the Cardinals. Says says on Twitter, like, money's not a th- not a thing. I it's not about everything I, I, I'm willing to basically take a pay cut to go to the right place it just seems like the, the Buffalo Bills is the right place for my guy Chandler Jones so that would be pretty cool but again these are just rumors and there's probably more rumors that I'm missing or players that I haven't mentioned but guys like Everything, by the time that this episode drops tomorrow, it might kind of be irrelevant and all this news might be like, I guess what I'm trying to say is that the Bills might become a better team or at least stabilized who they are now by the time tomorrow hits, which is kind of cool to think about. So that's why I I always love when the start of legal tampering period starts because all that stuff can happen. We're going to take a quick break, stick around, and we'll be right back. Hey, this is Bills Vader. Now back to the show. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome into another episode of the Wandering Buffalo Podcast, a show here on the Built-In Buffalo Network. Again, I am your host, Andrew Chang. Justin has the night off. You can find me on social media by searching up 2Changs, and you can find Justin by searching him up by JGods22. We're going to wrap up today's episode by continuing our segment for 13 reasons of why you should be optimistic leading up to the next season. And I'll just recap all the ones right now uh, of our previous episodes. So number one was Brandon Bean and what he's done since coming to Buffalo. Number two was Gabriel Davis and his uprising and his impact during last offseason. Number three was Trey White and the medical staff. So we said that, you know, Trey White's going to come back. The medical staff here does a fantastic job with all the players. Number four, Justin highlights about how the defensive line should be better moving on to next year. Uh, Number five, I mentioned this when Saranio got extended, and I already alluded to this in the earlier parts of this episode, is that the Bills have made Buffalo the place to be for free agents and honestly draft picks like high draft picks you know you don't want to be there if you're a low draft pick because your chances of cracking the roster are probably a little on the lower side but if you're a high draft pick you want to go to a winning team you don't want to realistically you want to go to a winning team um let's see here number six is that justin highlighted the bills wide receiver room and how they're probably going to be better even even more better than last year somehow. So I'm I'm very optimistic to see the Bills wideouts catch. But today, I'm going a little more granular. Not as big strokes. And I'm going to focus on one player in particular. And then take that to a macro level. And that player is Rick Bates. We know what happened with this Bills offensive line last year. It was... A mess. <laughs> Feliciano's left on on the left guard. We saw what happened in week one. The man got destroyed by Cam Hayward, and then he never really played that much better. Gets hurt. Then we put Eichbacher there. He's kind of there for a little bit. Tears his Achilles. Then we put in uh, Rick Bates in at left guard. And just as a recap, we got Rick Bates for Peanuts. We traded a defensive end, Eli Harold, to the Eagles, which we were probably going to cut for Rick Bates. And I I like to think we won that trade because ever since he came into the lineup during that Patriots game, I believe that's when he came in, he has looked solid solid very very solid and there is not but you know i'm going to scale back here there is not a lot of sample size when it comes to rick bates being at left guard what we know about him is that he can play all five positions very well or i'm sorry all five positions but we didn't know that he could play left guard at a higher level than any other positions remember he started at right guard and during that Patriots game, Ike Bocker tears his kelly, then he moves to left guard. And then other times, I, we've seen him fill in at center. So I guess what I'm trying to say is that the Bills know the worst that they can get at the left guard position is the level of Rick Bates' play. So what I'm trying to say is that what we saw last year with Rick Bates stabilizing the position, that is the floor, right? The Bills can only potentially get better. And let's say they draft draft a player that's better than Rick Bates. That should be good. Like, you should want that. And it's not that I don't want Rick Bates to do better, but – if we can get someone even better at the left guard position and, you know, let's say we don't do that. I'm confident that Aaron Cromer, one of the best offensive line coaches in the NFL who came back to Buffalo, can get the most out of these players. So I really think Rick Bates, we've seen the worst of them at left guard and it wasn't that bad. In fact, I'd say it was probably... Above average to pretty good. So it can only, the ceiling just got even higher with Rick Bates. And man, I'm just thinking about how the run game went from middle of the tier to like top 10 statistically from those weeks that Jess and I were doing uh, stats leading up to each game. And it just worked out really well. The passing game stayed consistent. But the real emphasis was that run game. And I'm really, really excited to see what Rick Bates and whoever's in that offensive line with Aaron Cromer and what they're going to bring into next year's um, competition because, hey, no position is guaranteed. We know what the standard is, at least going into this offseason, and Aaron Cromer should know that too. So at worst-case scenario, we have... Rick Bates at left guard, right? That's awesome. And I'm saying this with a smile because like, that's the worst we can do. That's the worst. Hey, I'll take it. I will take it because he's, he's not that bad. Now he's technically a restricted free agent this off season. And what the only thing the bills really need to do is slap that tender on him and, Pay him like $2 million. Easy decision. Easy decision if you ask me. So, I, I hope he comes back. And if he doesn't come back, I got some serious questions <laughs> uh, about what's happening at One Bill's Drive. So, yeah, that's my reason for being optimistic going into next offseason. We have stability at the left guard position. And that the worst... Worst possible scenario it's the level of rick bates uh play which is pretty good so we can only get better from there so like i said let me wrap up this episode and at this time and it's 350 on a sunday on the sunday before legal tampering period starts the bills in my opinion should have gotten slightly better tomorrow by the by the time tomorrow like what 12 o'clock legal time period starts they should be better tomorrow than they are today and when i say today again i'm referencing sunday at worst case scenario they should stabilize the level of or what the average level of play which we saw them kind of do last year when they re-signed a lot of their own and maybe the Bills take that approach again. We know Brandon Bean likes to fill up a lot of needs through free agency. So maybe he takes that approach again when we you know, we address some serious area of needs. And the areas of need that I'm most concerned with, and there are more than just these two, but it's backup quarterback and defensive line. Maybe he goes out and picks other positions that need more, that are more, I guess, in need, depending on what happens in the draft and the depth of the draft. So maybe he doesn't do any of those positions because he feels good about the depth about what happens there. But all in all, the Bills can only get better or stabilize who they are by the time tomorrow is over. Or if you're listening to this episode today, being the Monday, they can only get better by the end of today. So I did enough rambling, a lot of hogging the mic, and I've recapped a lot about what happened in free agency and how the bills so far have prepped themselves for free agency. And they don't have a lot of money right now, but they can easily free up a lot of money by doing some restructures or signing people to new deals and I think we're going to see something happen down the road. So, hey, hold on. Free agency is on the way. It's an exciting period. And then shortly after that, we have the draft. So I'm looking forward to it. We're going to shift things over to the draft. And obviously, Justin and I are going to bring you the news about what happens in this offseason, as we have always done. So I want to thank you for listening to this episode. Make sure to like, comment, sub, uh, subscribe and review our podcast. It would be greatly appreciated. If you'd like to ever join our show or like, you know, just have a good conversation with us behind the scenes, feel free to do so. You can find us on most social media and podcasting platforms and even on YouTube by searching up the Water Buffalo podcast. Again, you can find me on social media by searching up 2Changs. You can find Justin by searching up JGods22. That's going to do it for today's episode. And as always, go Bills.